Luke chapter 19. And real quick, uh, 6.30? 6.30. John and Lauren Rutowski are with us this morning. Everyone say hi. Yeah, we've missed you guys. Please move back. Please move back. You'd love to. Then do it, please. So it's great to have these guys. Uh, they moved away this past summer, and they're here for the weekend to visit, so it's good to be here. Last week, we had talked about this whole concept of moving from, from consumers to producers. And the reason why we're doing this is, is really twofold. First, we are about to go into the biggest spending season of the year. People are going to spend more money than they have. They will be tallying up credit cards and going into debt. And the whole idea of this Christmas season, if we, if we get down to the heart about it, is it's actually a consumer mentality that, that I want to feel good. I want to purchase and buy and, and gain up the things for myself. And we're saying, how do we as a church be countercultural with that? This whole idea too is as a church is that as God has called us to great things is how do we partner with him in our local community and also globally? But how do we as a church say we are going to as individuals and as a body of Christ say that we are going to be producers rather than consumers? You see, there's a difference between being a consumer and being a producer. A consumer is someone who takes for themselves, that they take more than they need. You see, we all need goods and we all need food and we all need shelter and we all need clothing and we need these things. That's not being a consumer. A consumer is when you take it selfishly for your own needs and your own goods. But on the other side, you have a producer, someone that gives something to bring life. Think about it. When we think about the word producer, what's the first thing we think about? What kind of producer do we think about? Movies, right? They take a script and make it come alive. A music producer takes a band and their song and, and makes it come alive. A web producer, but also a farmer. A farmer is someone who's a producer that takes a grain a grain or a seed, puts it in the ground and he's putting it there to allow it to grow, to produce life. And so for us, as we as a church have been living in this community and working in the communities around us and, and pouring into them in many ways, how do we, in the one season that we are entitled, right? Entitled, given permission to be consumers, how do we come against that to be producers? To look at a season such as Christmas, and not just Christmas, all year long, saying that we are going to be producers of life rather than consumers for our own selfish gain. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, this is something we all struggle with. We have all done it, we all do it, and all of us together are learning how do we change these habits? And that's where Scripture comes in play. Do we have examples in Scripture where people have gone from consumers to producers? Because all we looked at last year was someone who was a consumer and a consumer that said that they wanted to be a producer. But when Jesus said, hey, come and produce life in others, what did he do? 
He hung his head in shame and walked away. But today we're going to look at a different story. A guy who was self-consuming all the time. And when Jesus asked him, change, come with me. He said, I want that. I no longer want to consume, but produce to give life in others. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And some of you guys are going to start singing the little childhood song if you remember once the passage is read. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. Anyone singing that little song in their head right now? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Right? Good. Let's keep going. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called his name and says, you come down. Remember that in the song? Remember that? All right. You guys are way too tired today. Just so not cool. Okay. Some of you don't know the song. You get grace. But here's what Jesus says. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Listen to Jesus' response. Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save who are lost. Here's the story in other Gospels. You get a little bit more feedback. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was hired by the Roman government to to sit on the, the edges of town. And when the Jewish people came into the community, he was in Jerusalem at the time. He would collect the taxes that, that Rome made the Jewish people live under. You see, here was a problem between the, the Romans and the Jews was is that the Romans overcharged the Jewish people. It was really the Jewish people's territory. Kind of like today where we see on the news all throughout the world that people are fighting over the Gaza Strip and in Jerusalem and there's bombings. And, and for years and years and centuries, this whole idea is whose land is Jerusalem has been going on. It hasn't been going on only since 1950, but back in Jesus' time. But you see, here what the Romans did. They hired Jewish workers to collect the taxes. And what they would say is, here's the deal. We're going to pay you a very small stipend that you get to take off the top of the taxes. So we're going to tax them 22%, but you get 2% of that. But don't tell anyone this. 
but you can take more if you want. Because in their mind, they only want to collect, let's say, 18%. And if they collected 20, great, but there was this window, this, this unspoken window of how much these tax collectors could take. But it was even more than that because Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He not only sat at a booth, he had four or five other men that he oversaw. And so what he would do is he would collect their taxes and he probably would lie to them and say, hey, you're allowed 1%. I get the other percent. And so whenever people passed by Jerusalem, whether they lived in Jerusalem or the outskirts or, or came once a year, everyone hated Zacchaeus. Because he was supposed to be one of them, but yet he was stealing for them for his own selfish greed. Now this is the end of Jesus' life. This is coming to the point where Jesus is going back into Jerusalem for his final visit. And so Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. He's heard about the miracles. He's heard about all the miraculous acts. He's probably from a distance because oftentimes Jesus would teach on the outskirts of Jerusalem. There must have been times that he had someone cover his booth to hear the teachings of Jesus because for some reason, this time, Zacchaeus wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. He's heard about him. He's probably seen him. He's known people who are touched by him. Matter of fact, some of the things that Jesus probably did outside the temple of healing the people probably hurt or helped his business. One week was mad at Jesus. Probably the next minute he loved him because now this guy can pay taxes. But for some reason at this point, and we have no idea why, he had to see him. And so he was short. He was a tiny man. And that's how people knew him also. And so when he heard that Jesus was in town, he couldn't break through the crowds because he knew that people didn't like him. And so he climbed up a sycamore tree, uh, which is a big stump with long branches. And he climbed up like a little kid. And he goes up there to get a glimpse of Jesus. And as Jesus is walking by, he just probably laughs. Yo, Zach, what are you doing? Quick. Come down. I want to stay at your house. Now think about this. What would you have done if you were in that crowd and the person who has stolen from you to provide for your family, Jesus singles him out and says, I want to spend the evening partying with you. It goes against every single thing that you would have believed. That Jesus was for the oppressed. Jesus was for those who are, who are desolate and downcasted. Why would Jesus take this man who is the oppressor of others and want to spend significant personal time with him? It's a fair question. We've seen that all at our workplaces. Why does the boss want to spend certain time with certain individuals and not us? Why is it that certain people who shouldn't be gaining attention are the ones that seem that they get all of it? 
And here it goes again. Now Jesus is in this pool. Jesus is about the wealthy. Jesus is about, you can just imagine all the little conversations that were going on in the crowd. But you see, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Jesus saw in a man who was broken. A man who was living in oppression by his greed and his scheming. And that his identity was wrapped up in his things rather than his creator. And Jesus, in that moment, says, come, be mine. Now how do I read into this? Because he recognizes that he's a son of Abraham. A son of Abraham was, a, was an Israelite, was a Jewish man. You see, here's the other funny thing about, about Zacchaeus was he was a Jewish man. He went to temple. He celebrated every single Jewish holiday. He would still give 10% to the temple. He did the right things on Saturday. For us, it's Sunday. It's like that Sunday Christian who comes to church and always looks the best and everything's perfect and look at my life and look at my house and look at my car and look at my perfect kids when they come to church, they're perfect. But inside they're broken and desolate and they live for the things of this world. See, here's a funny thing that we don't recognize when we look at scripture is that when Jesus called the disciples, he called your average person, you and I, He said, step out of your life and come and walk with me. Levi, Matthew, was just like Zacchaeus, a tax collector. And he said to these people, he said, come, find something better. You see, honestly, when Zacchaeus climbed up that tree, he was a consumer. What can Jesus give me? What can I gain from seeing him? If I get up there, will he recognize me? But here's the funny thing, the really interesting part of the story. Is that when Jesus recognized Zacchaeus, something in his heart shifted. He literally in that one moment had done a 180. Not a 360. Because if you do a 360, you turn all the way around and keep going where you're going. He did a 180 where he was walking in the ways of the world and said, I want to go do the things of God. You see, that's how powerful Jesus is. And oftentimes, we as the church have lost the power of the gospel. Here's the power of the gospel for Zacchaeus was that Jesus gave him a new identity in that moment. His identity before was wrapped up in greed and self and stuff and consuming and having. And one of the son of man, the son of God had picked him out of a crowd He knew how real the Messiah was. 
I got to be honest with you, when you have a moment with the living God, it's almost impossible to continue the way that you've lived. Seriously. And here's the beautiful thing about Zacchaeus is he wasn't lamed, he wasn't paralyzed, he wasn't on his deathbed, he wasn't demonized, he wasn't all these crazy stories. He was your average Bergen County man who is struggling with his identity, who is struggling with just surviving. And the biggest problem probably for Zacchaeus was he built a standard of living, a standard of success, a standard of consuming that he had to live up to. And he had to keep taking and taking and taking and taking because his circle got so tight that he was afraid that if it unwounded, his world would fall apart. But the moment he looked into the truth That Jesus loves all. He says, I'm done. He didn't quit his job. He probably still stayed a tax collector. But what he says is this. I'm getting right with you, God. And I'm going to start learning to be a producer of life. And stop being a consumer. Let's just look real quickly what he did. He did this. Where is it? What verse? Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood. I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. You see, for a regular Jewish person, here's what they would do. They would give 10% to the temple. And if they wanted to be extra generous, they would give 20%. But here's what he did. He gave more than he could have. To the poor, he gave so much because he realized that they were in need. He realized all of the times that he had walked by them and ignored them. And for those he cheated... He paid them back four times the amount. Now think about that. Why did he do that? One was it was extremely generous. But what happens to you when you borrow money? Interest. You see, what Zacchaeus was doing was he was not only paying back the people he cheated, he was paying back their interest. That's a word we all know. Interest, 15.7, 18.8. On houses, 3.7. Right now it's at 5.2. But here's what Zacchaeus says. I'm going to take that interest and times it. Because all he was saying to Jesus is, I don't want to be the same person. Repentance is turning and starting completely fresh. It's turning from what you were to who God is calling you to be. But here's the funny thing about this passage. Does Jesus talk about money? Look at it. No. Does Jesus bring up that this is what he's supposed to do? Is there some kind of underlining Greek lettering and language that we can read into? The answer is no. Where last week... We had a man who came to Jesus and said, look at my life. 
I've done everything. I've kept all the commandments. I've done the top 10 and more. And Jesus challenged him with the condition of his heart. And he said, but here's your biggest problem. Your identity is found in your consumption. And he hung his head. And he walked away. You see, Jesus never dealt with this man's financial state. But this man had recognized that he had gotten wrapped up into the consumerism of his people. That he had found himself wrapped up. And his natural response was to take care of the needy and get right with those he wronged. Think about this. You ever have something really good in your life happen? And you're like, man, I've been blessed. All I want to do is help someone. You see, that's our natural reaction. For some weird way, that's how God has wired us. Is that when God does something in our life, we want to do good in other people's lives as well. I love this little thought I had. I just want to read it because I was thinking about it this week. As thunder follows lightning, giving follows grace. As thunder follows lightning, right? You ever see the lightning with your kids? You're like, hey, let's go outside and play. Like, it's raining out. We're going to get struck by lightning. Don't worry, it's like five miles away. How do you know? Watch. One. Two, three, four. Hey, it's five miles away. And then he gets closer and closer. But for some bizarre reason, when God does something miraculous in our lives, in our hearts, we want to partner with him to bless others. And I think as a church, we get so terrified of these conversations, which, which we've talked about. But this is what Jesus had talked about. He had revealed in his scripture that there's things in our lives that hold us. That he's saying, give away. Be a blessing. Bless others. Because whenever we bless others, God is always blessing us. Because we only bless others because God has blessed us. And I love this response because of Zacchaeus is because Zacchaeus is actually you and I. That's who he is. He probably lived in Mawa in Rio Vista. He probably worked at that big building down here that's all surrounded by the gates. But let me tell you something. Jesus came for Zacchaeus just as much as he came for the crippled. And that was the problem with everyone who watched this situation. Because Zacchaeus was living in a place of oppression. 
And that's the beauty of grace is that Jesus came for all. Not for some. Not for a few. But for all. And when people are changed by Jesus, they go from being a consumer to a producer. So what do we take from Zach? First, it's an identity change. And here's what I want to challenge us. When we look at our lives, and we look how we live, outside of showing up for our missional events, outside showing up for our missional groups, outside from Sunday morning, outside from holidays, do our lives look like Jesus has changed us? Have we partnered with Him in our, the every single day of life? From going from consumer to producer. You see, I really believe that the book of James, any of you read the book of James? The book of James was written to us. The book of James was, was written to basically the same state of, of our area that we are living in. And, and in that, what, what the book of James is saying is, is let your grace be revealed by how you give generously. Because we in this area, as God has provided for us, we have an amazing gift of providing for those who are in great need. We have an amazing gift of, of being that group that James was talking about and saying, do you see the grace that Jesus has given you? Now, change your identity. Don't live like everyone else around you and live lives of generosity. You see, here was the thing for Zacchaeus. He did the right things in, in church culture. He gave his 10%. See, that was Old Testament law. What Jesus is calling us to is a life of giving. A life of generosity. For some, there's a standard that they start off, but they grow and they grow and they grow. But, but our lives are a reflection of, of Jesus, how we love. And, it, and it's not just in, 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 in finances, but it's in everything that all of our lives are consumed. With how Jesus has been producing life in us. You see, I, it's funny, I talked about last week that Jesus talked more about finances except for the kingdom of God. Because our finances, yes, are attached to how we see God, how we trust God, where we find our identity. But what Zacchaeus was saying is, is that you're the giver of life. You're my provider. You're the one who's going to help me produce life in others. We also see this, is that Zacchaeus responded an instinct. You see, when you recognize you're a child of God and you see someone who's broken, your natural instinct becomes, how do I step in and help? How do I step in and, and give a hand? How do I step in and just show that I care? 
You see, that's the beauty of what we're doing here at the plant, is everything we are doing is countercultural. And what we are teaching you is, is that fundamentally, when God's grace invades our lives, our natural response and reaction is to help others. And here's what, the, here's what the church is. And I said this last week. The church is God's primary, primary vehicle for serving the local community. That's what it's supposed to be. Do you realize that if everyone in church participated in giving generously, there would be no welfare? Do you know if the church stepped in and saw kids that were homeless and adopted them, there would be no adoption agencies? Do you know that when you look at the church throughout the whole world, that if if we stepped up and lived the life of Jesus, communities would have to be changing automatically. And so, yes, we challenge you, A, to be a producer of life and the people around you. But here's in the words of Josh that he says all the time that I say is, I encourage you and I challenge you to see us as a vehicle of serving the needs of those in the church and serving the needs in our community. And here's why I find it easy to say this. We don't have a building. We don't spend ridiculous money that's built in tangible things that that give us the spotlight. And, And maybe one day we will, but that's not why we started. But here's why we started this. So that we would learn to be like Zacchaeus. To equip people to take care of their communities for one purpose, that Jesus would be known. And so as we're going into this Christmas season, as Black Friday is three weeks away, I want to challenge you, not just for this season, but looking at this whole year, is is where are you producing life? Where have you attached yourself where life is being produced? I know this, and this was my changing, defining moment. When Hurricane Irene hit, and this this has nothing to do with, with any family in this church, when Hurricane Irene hit, I know this. I was driving to one of the streets, and I was screaming at God in my mother in law's little red Jeep. I said, God, please let people show up. Please let people not be so consumed with their homes and and produce life. Produce life in others. And everyone came out of the woodwork. And I knew that was the first step that we're getting it. But here's how we fully get it. And let's not shy away from this. That when we look at our lives, when we look at our finances, when we look at the things around us, are we helping others? 
that they may be helped initially and that in that help, they have the opportunity to finally see a clear picture of Jesus. Does that make sense? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And when he climbed up in that sycamore tree, it was the Lord he saw. And it wasn't who he saw, it's who saw him. Jesus, the producer of life. Let's pray.